Hey, yo, yo, everybody. Uh, this is John Ross Marcus Cox. Thanks for tuning back into the Way Too Much to Air MC podcast. Um, that's the one I have to say. It is June 20th, 2022. Let me first off say uh, how embarrassed and stupid I felt that last, I think it was last week when I was doing the follow up to the, our big show with uh, Pink and I. I think I talked for like 40 minutes on a live stream without any sound. So, uh, yeah, I feel like an idiot. Um, today I'm actually. I'm recording this one and going to upload it uh, as opposed to live stream it. For the most part, I'm going to live stream, but just to make sure I got my technology under control here up today, I'm going to record it and upload it. So that's that's why it's like this. But I'm not going back and editing anything or none of that stuff. I mean, you're getting you're getting it unfettered way too much from me. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, thanks a lot for tuning back in. So I hope all y'all had. I hope you and your families all had awesome uh, Father's Days. Uh, my, my family got me this awesome shirt right here. It says, like, give me some mean tweets and $1.87 gas. You know what I mean? And they got me a cool wallet. I normally use uh, rubber bands, but they got me this cool little uh, military-style liquid wallet with my, with my JRMC on there, so I thought it was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, I hope, hope all you get to celebrate all the dads and in your in your life. And, uh, yeah, so, but... You know, Kind of going with the flow of that of that theme. I mean, is there anything more fatherly than uh, protecting our protecting our young and protecting our families and all that? So I definitely want to follow back up on this SRO topic that Pink and I talked about last week and since then, and some even more troubling stuff has, has came out. So just to start off, I want to uh, you know, go into some stats here, um, and we're gonna we're gonna start in the Jefferson County public school system. So. Um, but I don't want all y'all thinking that it's just this is this is a city problem and it's just just the you know just the big you know the urban folks and the place where everybody's where we got it we have dense populations we'll get into that in a minute but just to dive into this here um, so this is from a WDRB article that was up first published June seventh updated on June thirteenth okay so JCPS is one hundred sixty seven schools about ninety four thousand students just in the first one hundred fifty five days of 2021, 2022, there were 19,000 behavior referrals, all right? That further broke into 121 fighting-related referrals per day and right around, like, nine violent-related referrals per day. So that includes, like, assault, sexual assault, robbery, kidnapping, arson, criminal abuse, bomb threats, terroristic threatening, wanton endangerment. I mean, some bad, we're talking some bad stuff here. Um, so about nine of those a day, 121 fighting referrals. There's only 167 schools. That means you're getting, a, you know, around this, you know, dang near a school, a fight per school each day. So, I mean, that's, I don't know about y'all. I come from a little rural town in East Kentucky, but, I mean, we like to get a little, we like to get a little rowdy down there. So, like, we're the ones everybody thinks is fighting all the time. You know what I mean? And we, having a fight at school was a big deal, even in a rowdy place like that. You know, we were, like, about to start selling tickets and stuff. That's how, like, everybody was everybody was ready for it. You know what I mean? So the fact that they're having almost one a day in Jefferson County Public Schools, I mean, that should be that should scare everybody to death. Um, one of the craziest stats I saw in here was that elementary schools actually had the most fighting referrals and said many involved fighting with teachers and other staff. So we're talking k- kindergarten through fifth grade. Um then it went on like 2,600 fights amongst sixth graders, 2,300 amongst seventh graders, 
and then it said that I think male, it was like it said male high school had the most fighting referrals amongst the high schools, I believe. So you know, if I'm if I'm reading any of that incorrectly, all y'all, especially in the, in the Jefferson County Kids Matter groups, I know y'all follow this this stuff uh, very very well in there. If I'm if I'm misinterpreting any of that, please please let me know. Um, but you know, to me, that's like when I read that. When I read those stats and I think that and I realize there was oh oh that doesn't even that doesn't even could like mention the fact that we confiscated twenty three different firearms from inside JCPS in, inside our schools this year. So like you fact when you put all that in there in there together, I mean, the thought that we didn't have a school shooting in Jefferson County to me is wild. The fact that we didn't have deaths and stuff like that occurring. So I mean that's those are troubling, troubling stats. And we just had another article posted the other day where uh, someone is suing for their, I think it was like their 14-year-old daughter being sexually assaulted on a on a school bus. So again, that's you know, we can fault whoever we want to fault for it. It happened. Okay, so let's just you know, let's let's, let's just start with that premise that it's happening and it shouldn't have. It happened and it shouldn't have. You know, is it that they're on school, they're on buses too long? Is it that? The kids, certain age kids, or shouldn't be on there with other certain age kids. You know, should, do we need more monitors on there? Wh- whatever, whatever it is, it happened. It sh- we got to, we need to make sure it doesn't happen. Um, but you know, like when I read these stats, it makes me think. You know, man, this is, you know, huge. You know, this is a city problem. You know, I said I'm, I'm from rural Kentucky, so you know, we kind of, we're kind of prejudiced against city folk. Um, think y'all, we think city people y- are yuppies and all that. But it's just when I tell you this next stat, you're gonna be like, okay, so. It isn't just a urban problem. So I went over here, and uh, according to the AP, in 2018, out of the 10 deadliest school shootings, okay, out of the 10 deadliest, nine of them were in towns of less than 75,000 people. So I think it's Uvalde. I think that's how you say that. Uvalde, the population is less than 16,000. So there's a ton of crime and terrible stuff happening in the urban area schools. But it is the it's the rural areas where these terrible mass shootings are occurring, and it's you know we can attribute to whatever you know to to me my gut tells me it's because it's like they're more trusting areas where we think we can be more lax you know with our security apparatuses and and that that type of thing. Um, we leave our doors unlocked, our car doors unlocked. You know we know we know like Ralph down the street. You know so we ain't got to worry about we ain't got to worry about him. But fact of the matter is like. There ain't no Mayberries left in this world. You know, it's in these small it's in these small towns where the shootings are happening. Sandy Hook. I mean, let's keep going down the list. Um, and so this isn't just a big city problem. So we need the rural guys and the urban guys to get together and try to decide, try to figure out what's you know what's going on and how they can how they can help the situation. Um, so just to humor me here with a few more. So according to Bloomberg News. Um, out of 145 school shootings in 2020 and 2021, 59 of them were in elementary schools, which I thought was a crazy stat. 57 were in high schools, 21 were in middle schools, and eight didn't report. But like 59 in elementary schools, 57 in high schools. That means, okay, like we like to think it's a, this is a, number one, this is an urban problem. And then number two, we like to think this is, a, this is an older kid problem. We need SROs in high schools, middle schools. You know, we got to, uh, that's where we need to focus our efforts. But when you drill down into the data, it actually 
the opposite is true. Just like we said, I mean, as far as so the majority of, the, of, these, of these shootings are happening in elementary schools, and then going back over to the JCPS data, says that elementary schools had the most fighting referrals, K through five. So I mean, like this is that's where we you know need to be focusing efforts, in my opinion, and we'll get into that in a minute about how uh, our current SR legislation in Kentucky is structured and how uh, what the changes were that just that just passed through uh, here in this past session. Um, so, but you know, moving on just to kind of show so. Again, we just established it's not just urban areas, it's not just high schools, it's rural areas actually, and it's elementary schools actually that are having these shootings get going on. Now, obviously, it's older kids as well fighting and all that, but huge chunk of it is in elementary schools. Um, so let's go out to the, a couple rural areas here. So, for instance, in Paducah Public Schools, so this was this was posted as a, this was an article on WPSD, which is the local news affiliate for for NBC out in out in Paducah. They have SROs in all their high schools. Sorry, we're fine in there. In their high schools and their middle schools. Okay. So they have SROs in all of those, right? They have one that patrols all of their elementary schools. One. And it says schools plural, so there's obviously more than one elementary school. And so a lot of people, especially in Louisville and in urban areas, they're not, you know, it's like in Louisville, we don't really necessarily have like a, we don't have a feeder system into one big high school or one big middle school. Um, we have a bunch of all of them. When most of these counties, you know, you'll have, let's take Bell County, for instance, where I'm from, you have like, you have Pineville Independent, Middlesbrough Independent, and you have a county school, right? Um, that county school will have elementary schools all over the county. But eventually, as those kids get older and older, they're going to funnel up into that one high school. And so like, as far as I know, um, now obviously Middlesbrough Independent will have a high school, Pineville Independent has a high school, shout out to all my people down there. Um, but like all those county and schools are gonna funnel into one big high school. Um, I know it's like that, you know, next door to us out here, like Oldham County has one county school, they have a north and south as well, but I, I would kind of attribute that to like Pineville, Middlesbrough and Bell. Um, they're all in one county. but. The fact they have SROs in their high schools, their middle schools, and then one that patrols the middle school. Like, are they not, are they not, like, this isn't hard data to pull up. I mean, this is wrong. I mean, I, I mean, it was, I typed in where these school shootings happened, and there, it was, there was 100 articles in there. So, we know the majority, like, the highest number, not the majority, but 59 out of the 145 occurred in the elementary schools, right? We know 9 out of 10 we're in towns of less than 75,000 people. So why why would an area like Paducah that I consider a small town have, make sure to have SROs in high schools and middle schools but not elementary schools? To me, it just doesn't make any sense, okay? And we're gonna dig into it in a few in a little while to talk about some of the things they're saying and why they're not when it comes to funding and all, all that stuff. But at least here in Kentucky, we've tried to make this a focus and Representative Bratcher here out of Louisville has definitely been this has definitely been his uh, baby the last several years because he cares and he wants kids to be safe and he's a good dude, you know. Um, but I want to go through some of the changes and stuff that just, that just passed here and discuss what, where I think we're missing the mark and where I think we maybe make, have some very, very serious, um, unnecessary, uh, like, errors, 
you know, unforced errors, so to speak, um, on here. So a couple years back, we passed uh, legislation, KRS 158.4414 here in Kentucky, um, that basically said you have to have a, you have to have uh, SROs in on every campus by August 1, 2022. But then it said, as funds and qualified personnel become available. Okay, so that was, no matter what the rest of it said, that was the loophole that was, you know, giving everyone the opportunity to, you know, bend the rules. I don't think that most places were interested in bending those rules other than Jefferson County. Um, but anything you leave open for them, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to bend the rules or break them or whatever. So this year, trying to, you know, clarify this a little more and, you know, kind of force JCPS's hands, I think that we may have had some unforced errors in, in JC, in, in Louisville, but also like in putting some unnecessary hardships on rural counties. Um, so what they, what they changed this year was instead of no longer can they get SROs in there as funds and qualified personnel become available. It says local boards of education shall ensure for each campus in the district at least one certified school resource officer is assigned to and working on site full time in the school building or buildings on the campus. If sufficient funds and qualified personnel are not available for this purpose for every campus, the local board basically has to, on a per campus basis, get a, you know, put in writing to the state school security marshal what they're doing to get to advance that goal and when they expect to have someone on site full time on on each in each district. Okay, um, so basically what we did was we changed from just straight up saying as funds qualified personnel become available to saying if funds and qualified personnel become available or aren't available you have to put it write an action plan on how you're going to fill the positions it's pretty much it's, i mean that's pretty much the extent you know of, of what of what we did there to me i think it still that still leaves way too much leeway for jcps because again these rural counties like even though I'm telling you right now that they they're they're focusing on the wrong areas, <laughs> the wrong age age levels and that kind of thing on where they're putting the death rows they do have, they're still trying and have an interest in it. I know in my my county in Bell County, um, being an SRO at Middlesbrough High School was a uh, was a very desired position in the, in the local police department. So I'm gonna give a shout out to Petey Gilbert, our local SRO and. Millsboro, not only was he a great police officer and great human being and loved to give us uh, fist bumps and handshakes and all that stuff in school, he was also our uh, offensive line coach for our school football team and gave all of us positive experiences with law enforcement. So uh, thanks again, Petey Gilbert. Love you, brother. But so we're, we're basically going to make it, putting some unforced things on them that I'll get into in a second. Um, but I just don't, some of these things, that, the next part, I really don't understand why we're doing what we're doing. So again, at this point now, they have to write a plan on how they're going to fulfill the, fulfill the goals, you know, yada, yada. Okay, but this next part's the most, <laughs> the most troubling one. And again, I'm not saying anybody did, did this at, 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 a, at a spot or didn't think it through or whatever. And again, like I think until just recently, Maybe that the, the, the parent, the parental involvement wasn't as uh, organized and um, 
wasn't as organized and thoughtful as we all you know, may have thought we were being because we weren't really doing anything. We were just kind of on Facebook and maybe you know, creating our little coalitions and our groups and all that, but we weren't effectively communicating it. So I think you know, someone like Bratcher just kind of thought he was on his own, you know, and like he's trying to deal with the unions and all that stuff. <coughs> but the next change they made in this for this year, and to me, this changes the entire ball game. It says local boards of education are authorized to establish a police department for local school districts, appoint police officers and other employees, prescribe distinctive uniforms for the police officers of the school district, and designate and operate emergency vehicles. Skip on down a little bit. They shall possess all of the common law and statutory powers, privileges, and immunities of sheriffs, except that they shall be empowered to serve civil process to the extent authorized by the local board of education authorizing and employing them. So let me put let me condense that for you. So this is gonna be this is gonna be very specific to Jefferson County, what I'm about to say, but all y'all out there during this last six months that were like you know, that were, that were, you all that were the wave I was riding to get HB 51 passed in the house, <coughs> it was those school boards that were not letting your kids out of mask. Okay, it's those school boards you're worried about making you put a needle in your kid's arm, right? Like up here in Jefferson County, it was the school boards putting out these weird memos making us, when our kids were in public schools at the beginning of the pandemic, that had some of us afraid that they were trying to say, like, if there's an outbreak in the school, we may hold your kids overnight without your permission. Like, that's the school board we're talking about. So, I, I gotta regather myself here. What, what, what I'm saying is we're giving these people that we say we don't agree with their tactics as it stands, okay? We're going to let them have their own police department. Think about that. Chris Kolb will effectively be, you know, one what one seventh of a of a police chief. But he he will be he'll be establishing practices, establishing procedures, telling these. These police, these police officers, the extent of their authority, they also will have the, the power to levy fees and traffic citations and traffic regulations and all, I mean, all kinds of stuff, okay? So we're going from not being able to get them to put SROs in schools in Louisville to overnight giving them the authority to have, to have their own cops. So, again, not saying anybody did it with uh, ill intentions, and like maybe I'm totally mis misguided on this, but I don't want them to have their own police department. I want police to be police. I want the school board that's supposed to be dealing with getting our kids educated and not having, what do we have, a 28% literacy rate or something like that in JCPS? I mean, Kentucky as a whole is like at the bottom of education, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic levels. <coughs> Last two years, I've been complaining because I'm saying our school boards are spending a very large percentage of their time 
discussing public health measures that they have no, no, like, training or, like, background in being able to do anyways. So we've left, but, so they've been doing that, and we, as of right now, they still haven't passed HBV1, so they still have that power, okay? So now they're just, now they're medical professionals. Now we just made them police professionals, security professionals, safety professionals. When are they going to talk about teaching our kids to read? When are they going to talk about uh, dealing with the busing situation in Louisville? If they don't have the money now to hire SROs, where are they going to find the money to build a police department? We're talking about buildings, administration, administration staff, uniforms, patrol cars. I mean, the whole nine. So we just said all. You, we just said if you don't have the money to get people in there, you got to submit a, you got to submit a basically a plan to get that tells how you're, when and where you're going or how you're going to get people in there. If you give this school board, especially Judge County, that kind of a window to where it's like okay, well, it may take a decade to build a police department. So I guess we just gave them a ten-year window to do nothing, but fill out a fill out a business plan that has no criteria they have to meet. So again, like, I want to say to Kim Bretcher, I want to say I'm sorry that we haven't gotten involved till so long because I'm sure he just felt like, you know, he was trying to woo people over and, you know, get, I think one thing was he was trying to get the rural areas to consider this an issue, you know, and like, little do they know, it's, it's as much of an issue for them as it is up here. You know, in the urban county, in the urban areas. So in the urban areas, you know, we have all this crime happening, all these daily incidents. Okay, but when it comes to school shootings, it's there. It's it's in their backyard. And so I'm telling, I'm reaching out to all my rural uh, rep buddies out there. Like we both, we all, we we need each other here. All right, I still consider myself redneck. I'm probably redneck than most of y'all, even down even down in there, down in Rockcastle and Pike County and. Laurel County and definitely Bell County, they, they're soft in there. They store-bought. That's what my grandma says about me. <laughs> but uh, we got to help each other and not pass legislation or fix legislation that we've already passed that's, that's going to create, you know, um, barriers for us to be able to, you know, take care, of our, uh, take care of our kids. Because one other thing it says in here is that they basically have to be certified police officers. And there was a article, I think, that was posted. It was from Laurel County, where Laurel County is going to be um, establishing their own department. They cited that in the past, like, retired police and military had previously been used, but they'll no longer qualify because they're not certified police officers. Um, I think that's short-sighted short as well, that we should, you know, like, I think that, one thing I'm seeing in, in Louisville, especially, is that this whole idea about recruitment. So, like, we're talk that the talk is around recruitment and fresh recruits out of the academy. I got to be honest with y'all. I don't want fresh recruits coming out of the academy, going into schools and being SROs. I just don't. I don't want like a hungry, a hungry 21 year old, 22 year old going into these high schools, especially the high schools where kids don't have very much positive interaction with law enforcement but then these people these young guys are coming out of the academy with no wisdom no life experience 
just thinking these kids are trash and it's their fault, right? And like not seeing themselves as like stewards of the community and like as a vessel to further advance, you know, the community, the community's, you know, the harmony that the community lives in. Um, you know, it's like, I, they're just telling me that people that I think are the exact type of people in there aren't, aren't gonna qualify anymore. We need retired police. We need retired military. I don't understand why we don't have some kind of criteria where it's you either you either go to the academy plus pass additional SRO training because there is a there is other SRO specific training, um, or that you show adequate previous experience plus pass the SRO additional training. I, I don't I don't know why we would limit ourselves in an environment where we're already saying we have a we have a um, gap in. Uh, sort of like we're here. Gap of interest or what are you know, we don't have people to, f to fill these positions. So I mean that, you know, that so that that's that's one big thing. I don't know why we've done that, and I think it's very short-sighted to not go back and fix that because again, I don't want all these school systems having their own police departments, all right? Because I think I think you'll run into more recruiting issues because. Now you're not working with police departments and getting, you know, and like transitioning people into roles that are, you know, connected to the school district with the police department. But now you have people having to leave their department to go to another department. And I'm almost positive, and someone, someone, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but if you switch departments, like you're going to have pension issues, like insurance issues, um, and anybody who's a cop or who's a teacher or who works on state works for the state like building up those years towards retirement for your pension is like priority numero uno okay so if you got a, a cop's been there 14 years he's not going to leave there to go be a first year sro if he's got to start back at square one i mean even if they have some kind of lateral lateral move you know movement criteria it's still like it's the pension system's still going to be different, at least from what I understand. I know as teachers, that's how it is. Um, so, you know, if you're going from public, private, or, or whatever, I mean, maybe they've already fixed that, but they haven't. That's definitely something they need to be looking into as well. <coughs> One other thing that has been kind of presented to me, and I told I've told some people I'll be a sounding board for this to just to kind of fill out people's um, opinions on this. So this is really important. I, if y'all don't mind, like, make sure you're comment on the video whether it be on youtube or youtube or facebook or rumble or twitter or whatever you know let me know what you think about this and what i'm about to say this this isn't going to fix the issue okay but we got to stop worrying about we got to identify problems okay you we don't identify problems just to identify them we identify them so we can you know so we can fix them so we can further the cause, you know, get closer to solving them, right? Well, like, so we know we have a recruiting issue. We have a gap in openings versus people, the, versus applicants. <coughs> Let's take Jefferson County, for instance. We have 167 schools. we got to get them in, right? Why aren't we opening up something to our teachers, you know, ones that are concealed carry or whatever, and saying, hey, if you would be interested in kind of a hybrid position of being an SRO slash teacher let's apply you know apply and then go carry it out there and say hey you you can get an extra twenty thousand dollars a year if you will and 
and we'll freeze your position. We'll put a full-time sub in there for a semester. You're going to get, so you'll get paid for being a teacher. Time toward, it'll all count towards your teacher retirement, right? You'll get to go to police, the police academy, get paid for being at the police academy, come back, have your same position in the same school. Now you're a hybrid SRO slash teacher. All right, like you're making 20 extra grand. You get to feel good because you're keeping your, you know, keeping your school safe. And you also just like made yourself very valuable to your organization. Anybody who works in the, especially the in the private workplace, you know, like that's why people work long hours without getting paid overtime because they're trying to make themselves valuable to their bosses. So when cutting time comes and somebody's going to lose their job, it ain't them, right? But the public employee people don't don't know what I'm talking about there. But you, my private, my private home, my private homies, y'all, y'all know what I'm saying. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know why we're not. You know, that's not something that we are considering. Again, like I'm not saying allow every teacher to open carry. It's not what it's not what I'm saying. All right, like, do I think that is necessarily an absolutely terrible thing? No, but I do think it would be it would be area specific. You know what I'm saying? Like. In rural areas, I don't, you know, where people are used to guns and all that, I don't think it's would be an issue, but it could be an issue up in a, you know, a more urban area if you just had random teachers packing heat and nobody knowing about it and them leaving their gun in their drawer or something like that. But like putting them through the extra steps of of uh, getting trained, dang on an extra twenty thousand dollars in front of them, like. These are like these are possible solutions, and I don't think there's going to be any one size fits all solution. But the one thing I, the one solution I do know is not a solution at all, is allowing Chris Kolb, okay, Colby, everybody says his name, to become a police chief. All right, and I'll be honest, I don't even want if we, you know, if our, if these candidates that are great candidates that are running for to replace the JCBS school board were to, be, you know, were to get in there, I don't think. Many of them either would, are going to be comfortable making policing decisions. Again, they're running for school board. They want to help kids learn and become productive citizens in the United States of America. They're not trying to establish beats and look at crime stats and arrest records and arrest stats. and like They, they don't get paid, and we've already threw health onto them and now they think that every time somebody gets sick they gotta uh, they gotta evaluate the data to decide they gotta go back and mask or not that's just one more thing to give them and so we're actually just moving in a, in a way to we're gonna start paying them you know so like i think that again the other big thing i think isn't that bad about allowing these school districts to uh have their police departments they're already asking for buku's money buku's money okay jcps they just they just they literally just they just violated the law to institute a tax rate increase on our property taxes okay which i don't pay out rent whatever if they're having to build a police department when will the next time be that they don't institute the maximum property tax increase they possibly can because they they got to build they got an entire police department infrastructure they got to they got to build in a top 20 in a top 20 school district in the in the country i mean like I mean, that, like they're going to have a pretty good case for why they need an extra billion on top of the $1.8 billion a year they're already getting. So, I mean, again, I just think that we're, we've made some changes that, I don't, to me, don't make a whole lot of sense. And then, you know, 
in addition to that, so you have the teachers. So, in, so let's say in, in Jefferson County, you have 167 schools. Let's say 25 teachers from different schools sign up for that program. Again, that ain't 167 schools, okay? But it's 25 that you ain't got to worry about. So we're what? What's that? Have to 137 schools now. So now instead of needing 160, no, I'm sorry, 142 schools. Instead of having 167 schools, we need to fill positions. Then we got 142. You know, chip away at it. Okay. Then why aren't we opening it up and saying, okay, if you're retired military, you're retired police, and you want to make a difference in your community, you want to protect kids. You know, make it. It's like this should be a positive thing. You know, instead of just being like our kids are bad, we need to lock them up. They're still kids. They're even if they're 17. Okay, like let's stop talking about them like they're freaking ex-convicts that have done. I mean, like some of them have done some terrible stuff, but guess what? A lot of them have lived terrible lives. So like, we owe it to them at least to you know the 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 few interactions that we have to have with them to, from to be for that to be a positive interaction. Okay, so next we roll it out and say okay. Retired police, retired military, we have an abbreviated, expedited path for you because you have training already. You're the exact type of person we, that we want, okay? Now, also, you still got to interview them, make sure they're peop- that they're people people. You know, they know how to communicate and all that, and they're not expecting to walk up in there with a Uzi and a, and a bulletproof vest on every day. Um, but... Frame it as a hey, this is a way to give back. You've already you've already lived your life. You're you're retired. You know, like you're not worried about your pension. Like you already got all those things. But our our kids are in, are living are in war zones every day. Come help them. I'm just telling you, if you frame it like that, and you know, again, pay them. You can, hell, you can pay them, or you want to pay them, considering you're about you're trying to build a police department. With cruisers and everything, I mean, Lord, you can pay them fifty thousand a year, and you're going to come out. You're going to come out like in the in the black. So, again, like maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's why the left was okay. They they were probably the ones pushing this to be able to do their own police department. They're probably excited about their their school Gestapo. Um, but you open it up to them, and so let's say then you get a let's say you get fifty more. You know, retired police, retired military, retired. You know, any anybody with any with any kind of training they've already had, I mean, any kind of experience, you can offer them an abbreviated path. You know, um, some of them maybe want to go back to the academy, even. You know, so but, but again, like we got to have an open mind. There's not going to be a one size fits all. All right, so we were down to 142. Now say we get 42 more from the from those poor people. We got Fort Knox on the street. We go there and recruit. You know, we got LMPs driving to Chicago to recruit. Okay, we can do the same thing. You know, go to Chicago and actually recruit retired law enforcement, retired military. Let's say we get it down to 100. Now we only got 100 out of 167 to fill. That's more. That's more. That's more doable than 167 when LMPD is already short of 300 officers. Okay, but then the kicker on that would be those 100 that are left. We wouldn't be necessarily pulling, pulling from the, their pull. Their pull, pulling, as in P U L L, from their pull, P O O L, of officers, and wouldn't be trying to convince officers to leave a pension behind and throw away 11, 12 years of service or whatever to start over. All right, assume that's how it would be. It may not be like that. So, someone correct me if I'm wrong. 
but we can be establishing these sub subcontract um, agreements with local PD. That way, we don't have again Chris Kolb determining future continuing education, trying to keep up with future training. Like, I mean, what kind of training are they going to require them to get into? Some kind of, you know, like. Uh, what's that with the, the bias you have without you knowing it? Are they going to put them through bias training and diversity and equity and inclusive training? Yada, yada. I mean, if y'all think I'm crazy, I, I mean, I'm not Alex Jones. I mean, y'all know who I am. I'm just saying this is – we have to – you hit the war game, things out like that. What kind of training are they going to make them go through? And my gut tells me it'll be similar to stuff they're making teachers go through right now, okay? Not to mention this is the same board, especially in Jefferson County, that is – is like implementing this restorative, uh, it's called restorative justice, I think, where it's like basically they put a cap on how many times people can be written up. So like, if you've been written up four times for fighting and you fight a fifth time, like, ah, hell with it. Sit him back, he's already got four. We are not helping kids doing that, okay? As a kid, I'll give you a little personal story here. My mom sent me a letter that I wrote myself when I was eight or nine, eight or nine. I titled the paper, it said, John Cox said, my life. It said, my name is John Cox. I was born on yada yada 1986 in Knoxville, Tennessee. And then literally the next line said, fast forward eight years, I'm going to have a father, period. That's, those are the kids that are, we're dealing with here. Okay, all those kids that don't have positive role models to rely on when they go home, like their time with their football coach or their that the one fist bump they get from an SRO in an elementary school that they might be the only positive interaction they get with it with an adult male all day. Okay, like so this stuff is just it's it's just important, and the fact that it's became a like an argument between. The left and the right like this isn't a left or right issue again this is just like this is just like um hp 51 this is about kids uh, i I'm, i ain't got time to fight with adults and make this you know something that it the, a way to get them extra teachers extra pay or like if you're on the other side of it this i don't have time for this to become an argument where we're bashing teachers this has I mean, it has nothing to do this is literally just children deserve to be deserve to feel safe right and a lot of them don't even realize they don't feel safe because they, like, it's called trauma, okay? Like, they're trauma victims. When you live in, when you live in those types of scenarios where you're around drugs and alcohol and in broken homes or there's domestic violence going on and all that, like, studies are starting to show that you, like, you, it's the same type trauma outcome, PTSD, as, like, someone who was in war. All right, so these people, like these kids are living in, I mean, they're living in war zones, okay? Like I said, that, that, that little letter I wrote myself, it's like, I'll, it's like I was one of those kids being raised by my, by my grandparents. My mom's a great person. I'm not saying she didn't raise me. She did a great job. She was actually, a, she's a teacher. She's a retired teacher now. Love her to death. So mom, I'm not talking trash. But I was raised by my grandparents, okay? Like she was young, was, out, was, was dating a lot, you know what I'm saying? Like she had the rest of her life to live. I get it right um every time 
my dad, I told me to go with my dad's child support with me a dollar up there, right? My dad didn't want nothing to do with me. Okay, like he died of a drug overdose along with several other people in my family. They lived together three or four generations at a time. I mean, like Southeast Kentucky and the West End of Louisville, those two communities got to realize how like similar they are and how much in common they have and that it's we are not against each other, okay? There is a group of people we are against, but they're, they're trying to align themselves with, you know, either urban, the, the urban West End kids or with Southeast Kentucky, like pro teacher kids, like, you know, they're trying to align with and like keep us separate, but really it's us that's being affected here. And so again, like, like I said, nine out of 10 of those shootings were in, were in populations of less than 75,000 people. Now, this, this may be my final point. Y'all know me, I'm probably gonna ramble a little bit more here. But to me, what we're talking about here and the reason that some, some people feel they can use this um, as a political bargaining chip is because they're looking at the, at the statistics and the probabilities of, okay, well, if we don't actually do something and we just complain about police officers and SROs and we talk about defunding the police or we want to talk about gun control or what we can, you know, like it's, as opposed to just solving the problem, we're going to talk about those things. They're looking at probabilities, okay? Because even as bad as things are, and all these school shootings, and it's terrible. I have four little children, two, four, six, and eight, so obviously I care about kids. I coach, all that. Like, every kid's death is absolutely tragic, right? But they they know the probabilities of one of these happening in their community is virtually zero. So they can use this as a political football. The problem with that is, whether you're talking about cleaning up Jefferson County schools where you're having 121 fights a day and nine violent violence-related you know, incidents per day, or if you're talking about these small communities that are having school shootings, the communities, the people that are living in them, the poor little redneck, you know, boys like myself, you know, like poor little black kids like my buddy Pink, well, he was from Eastern Kentucky, but let's just say poor black kids in the West End, we don't, we don't live in a world that's based off probabilities, okay? We live in a world that's, we live in a world focused on consequences. Okay, so it's like, does it matter to us what the probability is overall in the statewide, what the chances are of getting addicted to opiates or getting shot when you walk down the street? We actually have to worry about the consequences of, well, if my dad is that part of that 5% that's going to get addicted to opiates, like, what the heck happens to me as a little kid, right? Like, if I'm a 13-year-old and I live in the West End, yeah, it's, it's, a very, it's a very low chance in the state of Kentucky you're going to walk down the street and get shot. But if you, if you live in the West End, it ain't about probabilities statewide. It's about the consequences of walking down the street in the West End and, like, the fact that all those chances of getting shot walking down the street, they're all down there. So it's consequences. Okay, just like I'm in insurance, so I explain it like this: like people, a lot of people want to talk about when they talk about life insurance. They're like, "Oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna die or whatever. I'm gonna live long, healthy life." But they're also a lot of times those people are also people that are working, making money. Okay, like so if they die, they're gonna have at least some money in the bank or like a house their kids can live in or whatever. Or at least they think that. That's actually not. That's not the, the truth. 
but let's say let's say that it is for for someone like me, right? Like my dad could have said that, but he w didn't have a job. He didn't have a high school diploma, so the probability is telling me he's going to live a long life. But the consequences of him not buying life insurance means that when he died, I got eighteen dollars a month in Social Security until I turned eighteen. I think when I turned 18, my mom gave me the money. I went and bought like a Packard Bell computer or something with it. His, that was in, so that man, Jakey Marcus Cox, his life, like, when I'm gone, it, it, when I'm gone and his other kids are gone, he'll be forgotten because he didn't, there's no legacy there. So that's the topic for our discussion. But I'm just saying, like, in these poor communities, it ain't about probabilities, it's about consequences, okay? And so we got to stop dealing in the, in, the, in the realm of that and using things for political footballs. You know, just, just because uh, deep down they know that it's not, you know, they don't really have to worry about it, about this stuff as a, as a bigger issue. And so, uh, so yeah, so that's kind of that's where we're at. I'm very interested to know how you all feel about all this, um, all these topics, all the things I've talked about here. Um, again, the next one will be, a, will be a live stream. One final point, promise. Going back to teachers that are allowed to carry in schools, okay? So since Columbine, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, it's 96 or 98, I think it was, I think it was 96. Since Columbine, in, in schools that allow teachers to, to conceal carry, there have been zero, you heard me, you heard me correctly, zero gun-related injuries or deaths in those states. So I'm sitting here saying I'm not even arguing for that to like be for all teachers to be able to still carry. That's that right there. Now, also we'd have to extrapolate it out and see what what those states are and what the what the population density is like and what the makeups like all that. But this idea that maybe getting rid of all the guns is the is the is the idea or is the should be the goal. It's, it's that proof it's nonsense. Um, so maybe that is maybe that is the way we go. One thing I will tell everyone is if like, if we don't we don't do something reasonable and allow people that are trained and that have the desire to keep our kids safe an opportunity and a process to go through that. What we will end up getting is the, this extreme for five years and then this extreme for five years and this extreme for five years and then back across. So, again, like when I say reasonable, I don't mean meet in the, mo meet in the middle and compromise. I mean like actual fine reasonable solutions that solve that aim to solve the problem and are pragmatic and have been war-gamed out and are likely to succeed, okay? But, again, zero gun-related injuries or deaths in states that allow their teachers to conceal carry. Why, won't we, why aren't we at least discussing letting the ones that want to, to carry? Okay, so... Again, a lot to think about there. Um, you know, I, I, I do want to dig into kind of what, I, what I'm afraid is going to go on with uh, these establishing their own police department. Thing. I'm afraid it's about to be another money grab. Okay, so it's like, afraid it's going to be a money grab, and then they're going to use that money to, I think I saw in the, which one was this? It was in the Paducah article where they're going to be planning on training their teachers on student mental health first aid. Let's... Mental health first aid is a, is a buzz, is buzzwords for something else that we'll talk about in another video that we all should be alarmed about, okay? But 
we're giving them another coffer of money that they're going to exploit, you know, and use and use against us. We can't allow that to happen. So again, to recap, this is not a city issue. All right, ain't a big city yuppie issue, which is much city boys and city black kids and people in the hood, you know, shooting each other up. All that. It ain't just that. It is that, but it ain't just that. All right. It's also rural areas where, at least in 2018, 90% of mass shootings occurred. Okay? Same time, it's not, we should not be just focused on getting police and, or SROs in high schools and middle schools. Data from all over the country tells us that this stuff is happening in elementary schools. Okay? We're talking 59 out of, a, what, 59 out of 145. So, Almost 50%, I think it's like right at 40, mid 40% occurred in, of shootings in 2020 and 2021 occurred in elementary schools. All right. And in Louisville, the majority elementary schools had the most fighting referrals, so K through five, meaning that involved fighting with teachers and other staff. Okay, so we're just misguided on so many things. We should be focused on alternative multiple paths of becoming certified school resource officers with training provided to the local police department that are that are designed to do just that to deal with training and recruitment and all uh, all this stuff that partner with the schools and the schools can fund it all that we can talk about funding in another, in another time because i it's not a problem all that COVID money they can use it if you don't believe me i'm going to show you i'm going to show you soon i'll put in the show notes a, a link to it as well um, so yeah, I mean, there's just, it's there for, we can do this, right? We just all got to kind of work together. We got to talk about, we got to talk about this stuff, you know, all the way down, bare bones, war game it out. All right. So, and then lastly said, we got to put people in our elementary schools and we got to focus on putting people in there that aren't just focused on taking care, like on putting away bad kids. We got to put people in there that are, that are focused on improving their communities, building bridges between communities that historically do not have positive interactions with law enforcement. Okay, like people that are willing to go the next the next step and stay calm and stay like have some poise and realize that they get to be the generation changer of like showing these kids that police care about you and our number one priority is not disciplining you or locking you up it's keeping you safe inside this school building okay now yes that means the minute you become the reason it's not safe in here now this restorative justice crap you get a, you know you get a couple strikes and then you're out all right because the rest of the school building shouldn't suffer for those few kids all right um but if we'll focus on those things and make it a positive, just like HB 51, HB 51 was positive. All right, we were focusing on children, not fighting fights about public and private employers and all that stuff. We were, taught, we were trying to protect kids, and that's what this is about here. Okay, so again, thank you all for watching. This is the Way Too Much JRMC podcast here. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Rumble. I, we, I will be on Apple, Apple Podcast and Spotify and Stitcher and all that here probably like midweek. I'm going to start trying to put out some consistent content for you guys.
um, you know, longer episodes, shorter episodes, stuff that isn't just politics. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna try to give you way too much JRMC, right? So, so if you if you don't mind, you know, subscribe to the channel, comment on all this stuff. But if we want grassroots movements to grow, when we have when we find people that are trying to do that, trying to you know, trying to provide you the information and let you make your own determinations and then run with it, we got to support one another. All right. So if other people out there trying to do it, as we find them, as I find them, I will, I'm gonna start saying, hey, go check this person's podcast out. You know, whatever. Um, again, thank you to all the groups that are, that are always you know they're always watching. Um, Church County Kids Matter, the Raise Your Voice groups, uh, Parental Choice at Public Schools, the, all, all the parental all the parental groups, parental rights groups all over all over the state, you know, and, every, and everywhere else. Hope is we start taking this thing nationwide because I do think I feel like Kentucky's a microcosm of so many places in the country because we our population is 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 not isn't homogenous anywhere. We are very diverse everywhere in the state, um, and so. Again, just uh, thank you for support. Thanks for watching. Uh, Pink and I will have another way too much JRMC or way too much with JRMC and Pink uh, coming up here later on this week. I'm um, going to talk about some some different stuff. Excited excited about that. You can go over and uh, find him at way way too much Pink on all his social platforms and everything as well. Um, but love you guys. Thanks for listening. I got to get out of here. I got I got a baseball game and I got football helmet handouts. So hug your kids. You know, give you give your kids a, an extra kiss tonight after after hearing all the stats. Didn't tell you all the stuff to scare you to death. It's just it is what it is. And we got to talk about the, the tough uh, tough topics. Um, can't wait to hear what y'all have to say. Like, subscribe, share this video, and y'all have a great rest of your evening.